Hey guys, welcome to this. It's going to be a good episode, I feel. This week's episode of the Crypto Catch Up. You. Good, um, Tommy. Hello. How are we doing? Good, Ted. I'm excited, boys. And myself, Pav. It's uh, this is what we've been waiting for. I feel. I'm overexcited. Yeah. yeah. This, this morning, there's been a bit of a different vibe in the office, hasn't yeah. there? Everyone's excited. Everyone's chipper. And it's all the small things too. Like I've started drinking green tea only because yeah, the market's what's, agreed. What's with that? Well, I was just drinking red wine for a couple of months. That's yeah. not bull market behavior, green tea. What is? Because it's green. Green oh, candles. Yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't look at it from that angle. Yeah. Come on, mate. You're rusty. I just thought yeah. it together. It's fresh and healthy and lean, and you're just trying to, you know, keep it nice and tight. Yeah. Like you do in the bear markets. Yes. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's let Luke. Right, let's go with the beverage analogies, and it's not working. It's really not hitting. But it's good to have the trio back, by the way. It has. It Pav, I think you described us yep. as the next best trio after BLT. Yeah. Yeah. Bacon, lettuce, good. tomato. Yeah. Also, Degenerate's Child. Degenerate's Child, yeah. Destiny's, Destiny's Child. child. Oh, we nice. Very good. Man, this is what happens when you're back. We get a bit weird. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. We get a bit silly. I'm pro weirdness. It's good. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. Uh, but let's crack in. Obviously, some massive moves in the crypto markets overnight. I mean, by the time this releases, it's going to be Thursday. God knows where the hell we're going to be on Thursday. Could be back down under 20 for all we know. Let's chat it out, guys. How are we feeling? What are we thinking? Ted, let's start with you, mate. Oh, mate, absolutely ripper start to the morning. It's been a good week as well. I guess we spoke about like October at the start of the month and we said, look, previous cycles has shown us that October is a green month and that's as well and truly played out. Like I think we're up 24% since the start of the month. So it's good. It's finally like, I think this is probably the best day we've had since the previous bull market, maybe excluding that fake ETF news. Yeah, It's good news all around. It's also important to remember though that, you know, things could get worse from here before they get better. Like we've talked about the BlackRock ETF and the bull market the halving happening next year. We may go down from here before we recover, but it's just important to understand that there is a lot of anticipation for that ETF and like the sentiment in the market just seems to be a lot more bullish, doesn't it? What's your problem, dude? <laughs> <laughs> we just came out of 18 months of bearish talk and then you hit us with that. Yeah, First I know. day we have with some green momentum. Yeah, I know. I got to be a Debbie Downer. Um, look, I reckon we're looking good, but I just want to reiterate like things don't go up forever. Let's be a bit cautious here. Tommy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, and look, I say that in one breath, and then my notes I have like cautiously optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> Come what on, a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I'm just saying, let's take a breath. I guess let's mm -hmm. not get too carried away with this, but it is also it's definitely a momentum shift. Everyone, I think, in the market can feel a momentum shift, not just from Bitcoin pump twelve percent overnight or you know mm. in a couple of hours, right? Mm -hmm. That's great. That's not a long-term sustainable type of movement. We know that. People have been here for a long time, understand kind of how these things work out. But it is the highest price we've seen for Bitcoin in over 500 days, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Bitcoin dominance is something I've been keeping my eye on. And I spoke about kind of across Twitter over the weekend, a few people. I think we've gone from about 42% to 52, 53% since let's January this year. Let's take a look. Um, yeah. Handy. What does that mean? People are buying Bitcoin. I think the narrative for like Bitcoin, not crypto has really picked up in the last six to 12 months. Yeah. Everyone's like, you know, yes, I'll invest in Bitcoin, but I won't invest in crypto. Like, yeah, yeah look, I get it, but yeah. not something that I would get behind. There's a lot of key projects that do support Bitcoin and support the industry as a whole yeah. Yeah. that we need to be aware of too. And I guess the last point for me there is what do we usually see when Bitcoin dominance increases? We see altcoins start to have a follow on effect or the, you know, the high, if you kind of blue chip altcoins or your high cap altcoins, the projects that, you know, have done really well in the past or, you know, have genuine use cases and are building and has been building throughout the bear market. So mm -hmm. we've already seen that. I mean, we'll talk to probably some of the numbers about the high performers soon, but like the likes of, um, 
Ethereum's been doing well. Solana's up 34% in the last week, and I'll yeah. probably touch on that. Chainlink, Oracle narrative up 41% in the last week. A lot of movement across those. I guess some value potentially may start bleeding in, like Pavano, you always talk about the value from Bitcoin then bleeding into the altcoins and people yep. looking for that next, in brackets, next opportunity yeah. to have a look at. And we'll, so, and we'll yeah. chat about that today. I think there's some yeah. really easy tools that everyone can sort of look into to help them get ahead around that one. Sure. Yeah. What are you seeing yourself, Matt? Uh, well, I thought it was interesting just to pat ourselves on the back. Last podcast, we actually talked about the fake ETF news and how that could potentially create like a bit of a FOMO effect. We're wondering, like a bit of a baked in premium, like Look, if we're able to do this on the back of fake news, yep. what, what the hell is going to happen on the actual news release? So I think a lot of people doubted that those types of moves were still possible. I think so. Mm. Like, even though it was fake news, people yeah. are like, oh, you know, we don't have the volume, we don't have the value in the market anymore. Yeah. People yeah. don't give a shit. It's like, it's not yeah. going to move in that type of volatile cycle. And then this fake <laughs> ETF news just like spiked it hard, mm. yeah. like in the pace of hours. So, and even now, like you see the runaway effect that we've had now, it's just almost just like a train on fire, right? And a lot of people wondering like, cool, what's actually caused this move? Like apart from just general price movement, there actually was a massive, massive short squeeze. So just to give some context, about 140 mil worth of shorts just removed from the market. So many orders just lying above those previous year-to-date highs. You know, the market likes to move to the point of what I always like to call like the points of maximum pain. So like it, the most amount of people could get it sort of hurt. It was at the highs rather than the lows this time. So I know cool. notably at the lows when we did hit them in September, it was less than what we're seeing now on the upside. So less longs were getting wrecked than what we're seeing from the shorts. So I think now would be the telling sign to see if we start to make a new home above these new all-time highs so i would love to see bitcoin start to steady on like say the previous year to date high 31k 32k but yeah like if i had to say like what's the next draw on the upside like it's pretty much anything up to 48k it would not be unreasonable so but december just, 31st where are we finishing oh, oh just, geez, like just that. throw good, that over yeah, yeah. Man, i'm calling you out Pav. Uh, where are we going I reckon it hang around here. Like, unless there's another move of exuberance, like, it'd probably hang around somewhere around this general vicinity, I would say. But it's hard to say. Like, that's that's too hard. Just be careful yeah. when you're getting yeah. down yeah. off that fence. That's, that's yeah. putting the pressure on, isn't Just it? Just when you're getting down off that fence, be careful when you're oh, tripping yeah, yeah. all your ankles. I've got, I've got bad ankles. Yeah. <laughs> Just before you move on, do yeah. you want to bring up that chart showing, like, the monthly performance of Bitcoin? Yeah, dude. I just want to refer back to, because, you know, obviously everyone knows that crypto moves in four-year cycles. If we're looking back to the last cycle, which would be 2019, which is equivalent to where we are now. Uh. So, October was, uh, what, 10%? And then, yeah, so the months following November, December, we actually had red months. Obviously, it's a bit of a different market. Like we've got the anticipation of the ETF and there seems to be more bullish sentiment this time around. Yeah. But it's always good to look back and refer to how, you know, previous cycles performed. As we know, history doesn't repeat, it rhymes. So think of that thing. I'm going to get, <laughs> I, I can't claim that one. But like yeah. two? Strike two. At least strike two. Wait till you see what happens when three. I'm scared. No. <laughs> I want to get a lever we can pull here or just cost him off. Just the big red button. Flips yeah. him off yeah. the tail. Sorry, derailed you. Oh, no, that's okay. Oh, that was pretty much all I wanted to yeah. touch on that point. So just to be that Debbie Downer again, like, let's think about it. Just, just to counter that, like, a lot of people are drawing upon the price action. We've seen just a stagnation as more of a 2015 style market. So, like, just to show you, like, even October back in that market, you know, we still were seeing green months. But look, we won't know until it happens if it's going to be red or green, but we'll see what we get. Yeah. Yeah, let's move on to the top let's, movers. Let's jump in. So one thing I wanted to sort of shout out to, there's plenty of these aggregator websites and Tommy was saying about, you've got Bitcoin on the rise, you've seen some old coins outperforming, how can you actually try and catch the next swings? Yep. 
with a lot of these websites, you can remove get out of fiat as you're comparing currency and move against BTC. So what you're able to then do is like track what's the seven day performance against Bitcoin, you know, 24 hour, one hour, whatever you're going to look at and try and see if there's any trends there, you know, within categories, within assets, you know, are they performing quite well compared to others? And what you'll find is let's look at Pepe, for example, this one's up 26% in the last seven days. If we switch this back to USD again, you'll see it just is a massive, massive difference. So it's like 50% against the fiat valuation. So you want to see strength against Bitcoin because yep. Bitcoin's showing strength in the market. Mm -hmm. And that's how you really start to sort of build those watch lists and find what's a good rotation to look at next. I think we've talked about that previously before, but mm. it's good to touch on it regularly for people. Depends what your strategy is. If yes. you're just trying to sell X asset into fiat, I mean, that's fine. That's one strategy, but I'll say it myself. <laughs> I use the altcoins to acquire more Bitcoin or more Ethereum. So I'll trade them against yeah. Bitcoin directly. So that's when it's really important to know the asset might be performing great against US dollar or AUD, but it might be down against Bitcoin. So just being aware yeah. of where it sits against those types of assets as well. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's not really like an advanced trader behavior. Like it's pretty easy. You can learn how to do this, you know, by yeah. learning some basics. It's, it's like if you're long Bitcoin up. into the next halving, yeah. right? You just want to get more. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. The positive narrative that we're referring to today revolves around spot Bitcoin ETFs. You know, the assumption, why are people talking about it? Why do people think it's it. important? You don't yeah. want to ignore it. Yeah. But it's the assumption that these big clearinghouses are investing Fidelity and yeah. uh, BlackRock and these guys powering the ETFs still need to go out and kind of buy their Bitcoin or acquire their yeah. the Bitcoin. They need to run the product themselves. So yeah. look, whether they've got it or not, I think the truth lies in the middle somewhere. They've probably yeah. slowly been accumulating so, over yeah. time. But again, that's, I guess, you know, it's all about market perception, really, when you're trading. That's it. Yeah, we'll touch on sort of the Bitcoin spot ETFs a bit later, but we'll just dive into the top movers in the altcoin market. So, I mean, what have we got at the top? Pepe, everyone's favorite frog sitting at the top there. Can you tell us any insights there, Pav? Or nah, is it just, just, people? just the people wanting what the people want? Yeah, I mean, who, I everyone mean, it, loves Pepe, don't If they? you're a technical person, like I was showing some pretty good accumulation. Actually, me and another bloke in the office were saying, oh, this almost looks like a buy again. And lo and behold, it's up 20% yeah. against Bitcoin, 50% against US dollars. But, you know, what can yeah. you do? Just wait for another retrace, I guess. Chainlink's a good one. Uh, I know we've seen a lot of news articles, even on our own shores in Australia. There's been some news about big banks combining forces with Chainlink's new tech stacks. So now we're seeing... I guess, just that broader market theme of Chainlink outperforming the market at the moment. Yeah, it's good to see the fact that we've spoken about it so much in these adoption stories and, yep. you know, partnering with TradFi companies and that yep. sort of thing. And now the market is reacting to that mm -hmm. in a positive way. Like we're seeing more whales get into it, trading volumes going up. And so it just shows that strong fundamentals does eventually equate to higher trading volume and, and more positive price action, doesn't it? It does yeah. matter. Yeah. yeah, I think it always depends on what period of the market you're at, right? You can have all of the best news about your project in the middle of a bear market and just nothing happens, but it is about having that long-term view on, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what you're doing, like, look, we're at SwiftX here, we've been launching features flat out during the bear market. Being honest with it, not much moves the needle when you're in a low volatility yeah. and yeah. you're in a low market volume environment. Mm. But as soon as things start to get better, the winds Absolutely. start to accumulate as well. So it's the same for any project that just you're kind of working momentum. on. Yeah, yeah, it's all about momentum. So. Absolutely, mm. yeah. Uh, what else we got? Solana. I mean, we don't need to really talk too much about that one. We've kind of banged on that drum. We've got an interesting stat here from CoinShares. Oh, so yeah. Solana saw another $15.5 million in USD 
inflows last week, Jeez. which is pretty massive. I think Ethereum, to compare it, was actually negative in terms of like it had more outflows and inflows last week. So Solana's at 74 million in inflows this year, which makes it the most popular altcoin in terms of that statistic. Yep. So another positive story, Pav, like we've kind of harped on about Solana being like that outside of the big two, like it's one of our favorites. And yeah, not to get married to a coin, but yeah, like no. it definitely seems like a good competitor in market. And I think for me, the reason why I was so interested into it honestly is just because i'm a contrarian and i liked how everyone was so bearish yeah. against it and yeah. everyone's like oh but it's contaminated with ftx well we've actually seen price now get above ftx crash levels yeah. so i would say all of that's been a mist like you can't really use yeah, that as something sure. to lean on anymore yeah and i think yeah. some adoption stories with visa and shopify and stuff helped that yeah. as well i think the whole like i always talk about risk reward yeah. like when you look at the risk reward vector on some of these they're still in really good areas Chain for a lot of people, as well. depending on yeah, exactly, yeah absolutely right for people that I guess don't watch it closely just go and look at what the price is now go and look what the price was two months ago and then look at the all-time high price mm. and then mm. it starts to paint a picture yeah. very quickly about what's possible if we do have a, a bull market and what could be the next steps for yeah. assets like that so Absolutely. risk reward on these things is really what it comes down to when you're looking at the fundamentals of making yeah. an investment decision something I just thought about was in the previous cycles like how many coins surpassed their all-time high from the previous cycle I mean I don't know the number but I'd be interested to the newer assets so I would say high strike rate, but anything that's like a what I would consider like a 2016, 2017, 2015 asset from last time around, they had a lower chance of success. I mean, last yeah. cycle, I would say we saw the advent of DeFi, which definitely was yeah. an overpowering narrative, like mm. it kind of controlled everything. And then you saw infrastructure tokens, which didn't exist as well previously. Yeah really hasn't been anything too groundbreaking this cycle, I would say. That's sort of shifting the narrative other than just Bitcoin becoming an Layer ETF. twos? Layer twos, yeah, I would say, sorry. Yeah, yeah. layer twos. Yeah. yeah. Um, Liquid staking. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there we go. So there's two right there that probably are worth keeping an eye on. I think liquid yeah. staking is going to have a massive role to play. But not, the, still. the one I had that I've been talking about is kind of gaming. gaming. The gaming talk. It's not really well, taken yeah. off properly. No, it hasn't. I don't yeah. think they just haven't been ready. Projects haven't been up to the standard, like Immutable talk about launching these triple X rated games, right? Like on triple X. Triple A. Triple A. Oh. A? Even? Triple A. That's so completely let's, different. Yeah. Let's get it. If it was that, they probably would have a very high success rate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tommy um, would be playing for sure. Yeah, easy enough. <laughs> <laughs> bit out there <laughs> but but yeah i mean sorry a lot of the gaming projects just haven't been ready haven't been up to the standard in the right time and market where i think this could be yeah look again speculation but this could be time to kind of have that proper kick that it deserves i think yeah. for me it's a long-term sustainable use for blockchain yeah mm -hmm. and i'm you know quite skeptical when it comes to real life use cases at times for yeah. crypto and blockchain and that for me is a bona fide one that is you know going to be around a long time so. yeah for yeah. sure and it marries up nicely with the layer two because you need the layer two for the game fire to work yeah yeah so, that's yeah, good. Absolutely. A couple of really good brands in Australia as well, like um, Mutable X and Luvium, right? Yep. Yeah, two really too, strong too massive. leaders really strong. in that space. And, you know, it's great to see them kind of spawn out of Australian market. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I guess we move on to some news. Now we've talked about some things going up. We've got some news on the Bitcoin spot ETF just getting one step closer. Yeah, I mean, what do you think of this one, Ted? I know you've probably been keeping on top of this more than I have, to be honest. Yeah, to break this down a little bit. So BlackRock has essentially applied for its ticker or listed its ticker as IBTC with the NASDAQ. Mm. So, and it's the first of the spot ETF, you know, providers to do so. So it kind of just shows that they are anticipating approval pretty soon and they've applied for that ticker. 
and like things are just moving forward pr- at a pretty rapid rate. I think the other asset managers like Grayscale and Fidelity will probably do the same soon. Yeah. But yeah, it, it just goes to show it's another piece in the puzzle of this whole couple process. Couple of tailwinds. Of, yeah, yeah, this yeah. ETF story. Huge. Tommy, any thoughts? Yeah, just I guess often we see a non-event around these sorts of things, but the sentiment definitely seems to be shifting. Mm. Everything from the US at the moment, like go back three to six months, the bearish news coming out of the US was like, (laughs) it was scary, right? Like everyone was getting sued. Yeah. Every type of activity coming out of the US, the regulators were cracking down on all the exchanges, kicking some exchanges out. Now, I guess probably only in the last four to six weeks, we've seen the SEC, they're losing cases against crypto projects. Mm -hmm. The ETFs are starting to get support at a government level now, it seems at least. So yeah, look, I think there's been a bit of a shift, I guess, you know, a lot of damage has been done over the last six months, but Mm -hmm. we are starting to see some of that repair. I mean, people's memories are generally pretty short as well with these things, right? So people forget a lot of the bearish sentiment that we've carried, which is, you know, it's good in a way, put some of that behind you and kind of look forward, which is what we need to do. Mm -hmm. When we're looking at markets, you can't dwell on the past. Yes, some people are still underwater and some people are, you know, have lost a lot of money, but there's also the next wave of opportunity is just as big, if not bigger than, than what has came before us. So, you know, we just need to keep looking ahead and keep building. Well said, mate. Thank you all. I guess the other big piece that's been happening lately is the SEC dropping their case. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. I mean, it's another win for Ripple. I think that's 3-0. 3-0. When it comes to a tally. Yeah. Um, so they've been paid out early. <laughs> Undisclosed. Um, but yeah, the, the story here is the Ripple CEO and executive chairman will not need to stand trial against the SEC in 2024. I think that was one of the charges that the SEC were going against Ripple for. The SEC have essentially just dropped those charges. So Ripple can pretty much move forward without any worries. Mm. I think it also sets a nice precedent for the rest of the industry, right? Like to yeah. be less worried about these things. Like obviously still need to check themselves, but maybe this could be the end of... The Reign I mean, of Terror. They still have active court cases against Binance and SEC over listing yeah. unregistered securities. So that's a whole different kettle of fish, isn't it? Yeah. Well, not really because like they're going after these exchanges for listing yeah. what they say is unregistered securities, yeah. whereas they're going against Ripple for saying they were, you know, issuing unregistered securities and XRP. It's very similar. It's just going against like another player in the market. But I think when it comes down to the law of it, like it's probably pretty similar. Mm. Keeping in mind that these altcoins and these layer ones that mainly they're going after are all different in their own right. And so you got to consider that. But like you said, it sets precedence and they'll probably reference this in future court cases, the Ripple one I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Just keen to get it done. Yeah, just yeah. get it off no. the slate. Imagine people that are involved in the project. Like I think we talked about it a few weeks ago. Imagine you're working at Ripple for yep. the last three years. It must have been challenging, right? We know all about that. Yeah. But like, you know, you gotta feel for those people dedicated to the project. The people that have stayed around. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see like how many of them actually stayed around all of this kind of turmoil and shit stuff to deal with <laughs> constantly, yeah, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So and yeah, ha- hopefully they get through it. Having all your like Slack messages and Kind of yeah, everything, right. pulled, yeah, apart, yeah, everything right. pulled out and dissected. Mm. Yeah. Imagine if yeah. you looked at yours, Ted. Oh, man, oh, hey, I'd be gone. I'd be gone in a heartbeat. <laughs> no, that's the... Just, <laughs> that's not just from all the thought leadership that you... Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm too smart for my own right. Yeah, that's the Love one. It. Yeah. Love it. Uh, it's mother news. Sailors back in profit, or should say micro strategy. That's a good news story. I love this one. This is so telling of uh, what's probably to come. Uh, like we all know MicroStrategy is always been giga bullish on Bitcoin, but uh, in the most recent article by the guys at Being Crypto, there's a notable reference there that they've been selling their shares, their stocks, their common stocks, 
to basically fund their Bitcoin spending. So 147 mil have been sold so far to purchase the current Bitcoin that they now hold 158,000 of. They've got plans to sell up to and 750 mil worth of stocks still. So, geez, well, that's a lot of dip buying. Yeah. Yeah. Buy low and never sell is what his kind of strategy yeah, is. Pretty much. Or just buy anywhere and never sell. Well, it's about yeah. to go from a 4% inflation rate to 2% inflation rate, Bitcoin, at the halving next yep, year. Mad. So, I mean... Well, the thing is, mental. like, their stock was doing so well, despite yeah. them being in the red across, like, you know, an average price over their Bitcoin. And so maybe they were like, well, stock's doing so well. Let's sell some of this and buy right. Bitcoin while it's low. Um, now that we've had this morning's pump, I think they're now in the green when it comes to their Bitcoin. Yeah, so I think it's like 29 and a half. Yeah. 29 and a half K US is their break even price. Is their average price. So what are we sitting at right now as oh, time recording? I'm a 34 K. That's decent for them. <laughs> so sailors yeah. laughing. Yeah. I'm excited for, um, you know, we got a pro sailor at the Aussie crypto convention yeah. coming up in a couple of weeks which we'll be down at with tapping into crypto for anyone listening I'm sure there's notes we can share on getting tickets to that yeah absolutely uh, is sailor going to be there in person no I think no. he's dialing in again okay. this year but I'd imagine the sentiment and the narrative and uh, the, the attitude in the room will be a lot more positive if we continue this well, let's just well, talk about that conference. like yeah. I mean, I'm going to talk about the crypto convention in a bit but just yeah. think of that like three months ago we're thinking oh it's just doom and gloom and sure. now within a week or two it's yeah. just like going to be elation at a conference like the ACC which is pretty big right ticket sales so today cool. just through the roof yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah just on the sailor story I want to get your boys thoughts on this at what point do you think MicroStrategy will stop buying Bitcoin like do they have a price target in mind like a bunch of pubs in their office doing a bunch of TA figuring out where to buy and where to sell uh, I think you got to read into more the sailor story right he's just got a whole different agenda than anyone else on the planet yeah. does like Tommy you probably know more about it than I do yeah I mean just following his story over the last few years he predicts it's getting into tens of millions in terms of price right so mm. I don't think he ever plans to sell. You know, he wants to run his business on it. He wants to create new business. Yeah. And is his idea is to use it for collateral to then get loans to then yeah, spend on his business? I think it's, yeah, it's a, yeah. it's part of a bigger plan yeah. for him yeah. at this stage. And I don't think there is a price that they would not buy Bitcoin yeah. at. Yeah. If their whole strategy has been to continuously accumulate, not based on what the Bitcoin price is, based on when capital is available yeah. for them to go and inject that capital into Bitcoin. So, yeah. you know, their micro strategy hasn't changed over the last, you know, what is it, four years it's now? It's been a while, yeah. Investing, so... Do you yeah. think because this year in particular, yeah. a lot of institutions have used MicroStrategy stock as like an indirect investment into Bitcoin, do you think now that we're likely to see Bitcoin ETF approvals, that's going to heavily impact their stock? Well, hard to guess. Because there's a more that, direct way to get it. Well, yeah. Oh, I think yeah. if anyone had that percentage of their balance sheet they wanted to have, now it gives them a direct opportunity to get spot exposure yeah. where it wasn't possible. So, yeah. I mean, think of it this way. Even if they pull it out of MicroStrategy, MicroStrategy has Bitcoin. If sure. everyone else is buying a spot Bitcoin ETF, that's yeah. going yeah, yeah, yeah. to probably push it, the spot it should, price it should balance it out yeah. because for me, it's one and the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You invest in Bitcoin, Bitcoin goes up. You know MicroStrategy exposure to Bitcoin, so that the bullish sentiment is going to push towards their stock as well. Yeah. 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 It's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy when it yeah. comes to, you know, that Bitcoin exposure. Yeah. And it's just so heavy for them as a business. Yeah. So yeah, it's I think it will impact. Absolutely mm -hmm. it'll impact. If Bitcoin goes up, it should also impact it to the positive as opposed yeah. to, you know, money coming out of MicroStrategy to go directly into Bitcoin. That's Love my it. thoughts on it. Love to hear it, man. Yeah, so just one more off the cuffer I wanted to touch on. 
So there's a glass node metric, as you can see from the tweet on the screen, and that shows that long-term Bitcoin hodlers now in 76% of Bitcoin circulating supply. What we see here is a bit of a trend play out, like every cycle is like deep into the bear market, we see like long-term hodlers like kind of top out. And I think okay. this percentage is higher than the previous bear market, but kind of the inverse happens in a bull market and towards the tail end of a bull market is where like short-term traders own the majority, majority. of the Bitcoin. Yeah, okay. So yeah, it just goes to show you that like, People are holding on to their Bitcoin in a bear market. And then once that bull market comes around, everyone's like, you know, the retail traders are coming in and they're yep. like, yeah, g- give me some Bitcoin. And so, yeah, seeing thing. those longer term holders disappear probably is a time to be thinking maybe you should disappear. With or goes to show you that they're selling. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I think to break it down for people even more, it's just like, what's the insight you take from that? And it's mm-hmm. like to Pav's point, when you see that number starting to drop, that's probably when you start to see the market finding its local top at least. Yeah, some yeah. some sort of bait, like ultra premium. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, because I mean, you know, people hold Bitcoin for so long, they're also not going to let it go without reason. Yeah. That next reason, you know, we don't know what that's going to be. Mm. The previous reason was 67k US. Yeah. was roughly our all-time high or 69 US. Was yeah, it 67, 68. 67, 68. What's, you know, in for the next market cycle what's the next reason that people are going to get is it 100k is it 200k is it a million who knows right it's 10 so, million okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, ted right i'm gonna write that down it's 10 million captured. yeah i've done all my research in the history 10 million. yeah i <laughs> yeah. wrote it on a piece of paper so i'm just you know yeah envisaging yeah. it good luck um, to everyone is that if you got You've got red laser eyes. Yeah, time. yeah. The, the laser eyes are starting to yeah. come back. Yeah, yeah, I've zapped a few people in the street, yeah, which yeah, I'm sorry okay. about. But. I, I did post on my LinkedIn over the weekend that everyone is a Bitcoin uh, maxi, whether they like it or not. Yeah. Oh, interesting take there. Yeah. What's your theory behind that? I uh, just like I was talking about the dominance chart just continuously to increase and yeah, yeah, whether people are like it or not, it, it's what drives the whole industry. Cool. So even my grandmother is a Bitcoin Maxi. There you go. She won't tell yeah, you. Yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. she won't tell you, but she's, yeah. she's accumulating. Yeah, yeah. she's got, probably got a ledger in her handbag yep. if she has one. Oh, man, I have no doubt. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. Are we into ACC? Yeah, so we touched on a little bit before. Yeah. Sorry um, to put you off track earlier. No, that's all good, mate. It happens. Like, <laughs> I get it. You're a bit rusty. You're coming back. I am a bit rusty. Yeah, but you'll get used to it. Yeah, so we're running a little competition on our socials. So tapping into crypto socials. Go check them out later today. We'll be giving away three free tickets to the Australian Crypto Convention. It's happening down in Melbourne from the 11th to the 12th of November over a weekend. So if you're free and you're in Melbourne or you want to, you know, make the travel, it'll be a great event. Like obviously we'll be there doing a few interviews throughout the day. And Tommy, you'll be doing a bit of a panel, won't you? Yeah, I think I've got a couple of panels to do on yeah. the day as well. So yeah, See, I didn't get invited to do any panels. I don't know what's to go there. Yeah, Can read, between the, read between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. No, look, it'd be, it'd be great. I'd be really keen to meet with some of the listeners as well. Like get that direct feedback from people, you know, Stop wearing shorts, wear a different color short, <laughs> whatever it is. Don't bring Ted onto the podcast anymore. Like whatever these things yeah. are, we want to hear the feedback. That will be so probably like, the main, main thing that they tell us. <laughs> I don't think so, Matt. Yeah. You're too harsh. Too harsh. But it's going to be fun. It would be, be fun. fun. I'm looking forward to it. Like we might even have a drink with, you know, some of the listeners. Yeah, um, absolutely. There'll be an after party. So I'm keen that to. Was, that was a good after party last year. Yeah, yeah. free drinks. Yeah. yeah. Good. I don't know if that's the case again, but hopefully. And see what happens in the next month with the market, right? Yeah. So yeah. It could change a lot of how people are feeling when they go into a 
conference mode like that so yeah yeah i'm really excited it's going to be a great opportunity to bring everyone together again and it's going to be the biggest conference australia's ever seen for crypto as well like by a, by a fair stretch so big yeah. up for the industry yeah it'd be awesome, mm, be awesome. let's go yeah cool. so head to having crypto instagram and you can jump into that competition i think it's right 25 words or less why you want to be at the australian crypto convention we'll pick our favorite one and you'll get some free ticks to the event so we'll see you guys it. there cool cool can't wait. All right. Yes. All right. So I think that's a wrap. Beautiful. Let's wrap it up. Let's, uh, let's, oh, can't wait for the next week's. Yeah. Let's see. Where are we <laughs> yeah. going to be? Let's hope. Let's hope it's another green week. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thanks, cool. Guys. guys. Thank you, guys. Have a good Catch one. you next week. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 